Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. Today we're talking with Christy Joe of the Strawberry Patch and the Fruit Tea Chicks. She's sharing about her journey of learning to express herself through art, which eventually led to these two fun, creative businesses that Christy has started out of Hartsville, Tennessee. With the fall show coming up in September and some exciting things on the horizon for the Fruit Tea Chicks, you're gonna love our conversation with Christy Joe. So here we go. Well, today we're coming at you from Starlight Farm in Hartsville, Tennessee with Christy Joe of the Fruit Tea Chicks and the Strawberry Patch Barn Sale. Thanks for being on the podcast, Christy. Thank you for having me. Well, I first met Christy at the Vintage Pick and Barn Sale down in Fife, Alabama. So Christy, tell us a little bit about you and what led you to be an entrepreneur. Well... I have three children, and I guess ultimately that's kind of what paved the road for and gave me the opportunity to start these businesses. Um, I had the opportunity to stay at home with them for about eight years, and I guess I was starting to get a little bit finicky just being a mom and playing Barbies, and so I would find myself... um, at night, um, playing on the computer and looking up different, you know, websites and blogs were really big back then. Um, and I got into sewing and I started making all the kids clothes. And, um, before long, I was in a few stores selling diaper bags and totes and even like applique shirts and stuff. Um, and then somehow that just led to, um, me discovering a trend in up west um, in Washington State um, called barn sales, um, and it kind of just opened my mind to, I knew there was nothing like that anywhere here, so I thought, I wonder if that would work here, and I started kind of exploring that, um, visited the Country Living Fair in Columbus, Ohio, where I, where I met a girl named Gina Bishop, homegirl. She's super talented, and um, as soon as I got there, her booth just jumped out at me, and for some reason, I wanted to meet her, and um, she was, you know, so friendly. She's just full of energy and just full of life and bubbly, and so I went up to her, and I introduced myself, and um, she's, for some reason, started talking about a barn sale she had in her backyard, like, just in her backyard, and and I was like, hey, I've been wanting to do that. And she basically looked at me and said, well, what are you waiting on? I mean, she's just, she just, that's, she just straightforward and, you know. I love that. And, um, and I was like, yeah, what am I waiting on? Of course, failure has always been a big thing to me. You know, I never wanted to risk um, failing or trying anything that I didn't think I could be wonderful at. But anyway, so she kind of, you know, gave me that extra little boost of confidence to give it a whirl but so that's kind of how it all got started just from being at home with my kids and because I really even never had a clue that I was um, creative at all Um, you know being from a small town um, wasn't okay to get off the beaten path you know everybody was straight laced and yeah You know, I always had it in me to want to dress a little bit different. Like back then, I wanted to go to Goodwill and buy clothes. But, you know, it just wasn't accepted. You know, people would make fun of you. So I was just, I kind of, I chose just to kind of stay on that path. 
Then I went to Ole Miss. I stayed there for a year and a half, but my one of my roommates was an art major. And she would have, she would come back and she would have all these little projects that she would make, you know, as an assignment. And I'd be like, Jenny, please let me take that home. Like, I, I was just like, I, I couldn't, I was just so impressed. And because I, you know, like I said, being from a small town, arts weren't pushed, you know, we had a really good art teacher, but the program, it, you know, arts just weren't, it just wasn't something that you did. So, yes, my roommate, um, her mother was huge. Um, she was big into sewing and just a great seamstress. I mean, there wasn't anything she couldn't make. So I fell in love with sewing or the ability or that art uh, when I was at Ole Miss. And then I still... I still couldn't really express myself at that school, though, because, like I said, it was uniform, and um, there was everybody was, I mean, truly the same. Um, so I ended up transferring to the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and I was able to tap into myself there. Um, there, I mean, they had people, I mean, all kinds. I mean, there were your hippies, and there were your straight-laced, and there are your alternative, and then there are your smart kids, and, you know, all different races. So I ended up taking a semester off from college and traveling to Australia. I was supposed to be there for six months. I ended up only staying about four months, though. But, you know, while I was there, it truly opened my eyes up to handmade. They would have these little pop-up markets on the beach, where people would sit and they would uh, peddle their wares just right there on the beach. And it was colorful. I mean, it was bright. It was handmade. And so I would buy stuff and ship it back home. So that's kind of where my love for uh, handmade came in. Um, so from college, um, I graduated in 98 from UT Knoxville. And then I started working for the Department of Corrections um, I was an internal affairs investigator within the prison system. So I investigated crimes within the prison, and that was a really great job. Um, but I was, at that point, I'd had one, Chloe was born, and it was in Nashville, and we were living in Lafette. It was just a long drive, and just, I didn't feel like I was able to be a mom, you know. Yeah. So then I got pregnant with my second child, and after that is when I decided that, you know, I needed to be at home. And then um, I started, I guess, painting on canvas. Like I would, I just thought, I'm going to try this. I'm just going to see what this is like. And I would stay up at night with a glass of wine after I put the kids to bed, and I would just paint on on a canvas. And um, <clears throat> so then I would, I started trying to sell this work, which is kind of comical now, but I'll never forget uh, my best friend now, Tracy Collins or Tracy Barlow. She had a little store in Hendersonville called One Man's Treasure, but at the time we weren't friends. She didn't. She didn't know. She only knew me as someone that come in there to buy stuff. And there was a little cafe in there, and I'd go in there and eat. And so I finally got enough nerve to go in there and say, "Hey, you think you'd buy some of this work? You know, abstract. It was all abstract." And uh, she pretty much looked at it and laughed. She was like, "Oh, I like it, but it just won't fit here." <laughs> so you know, that's it's kind of funny now because now, like when um, you know vendors apply to my sale, 
And, you know, I try to tell them just because I don't let you in doesn't mean I don't like it, but I try to pick stuff that's good for the shoppers and the customers. You know, I hate to just take your money knowing that it's probably not going to sell or, you know. So um, anyway, she told me no. And so then after that is when I started sewing. Um, And I would make diaper bags and purses and started selling them there in her store. Um, And then eventually, like I said, Um, I ended up having the barn sale in my backyard. Um, I just pulled together some, some people, local people, they were artists and I was a member of the local garden club. So there's a lot of older women in there that were very classy ladies that were, you know, appreciated art and were artists themselves. So I invited a bunch of them. Um, and we just had like a little meeting and we decided that we'd give it a try in my backyard. I had a building back there that was kind of a barn and I just cleared it out and that's how we got started. I love it. (laughs) How did you decide what you wanted the barn sale to be? And when you all came together, like, did you decide on a theme or was it just kind of random and like, we're just going to try this? I think originally when I got started, it was more about, I'm just going to try this and, and do the best I can with what I have until, because I really didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. Nobody else around was doing it. I didn't have anything, nobody to help me or guide me or direct me. Um, at that point, I still hadn't visited the barn sale in Washington State. So I just, I knew I wanted to set up the stage. I wanted everybody to bring me their stuff. And I kind of decorated the built the barn as a store. Um, <clears throat> but eventually, it got too big. And so I had to... Um, I started letting every, everybody build their own tent, so to speak. So, and I would put my stuff inside the building and make it like a, you know, I would stay up late at night. Just, you know, that was just kind of like my little happy place. I would just stay up and I had, you know, sheets all on the ceiling and all over the walls. And, um, and then, like I said, we had like 10 vendors outside set up and that was it. Wow. I mean, it, I was in a neighborhood like, we couldn't hold hardly any people, but you know, it, it, it started, it grew pretty quick. I think maybe the first time we may have had like, I think we had maybe 25 people at the sneak peek and maybe 150 the whole weekend. But honey, I thought that was just, I was tickled to death with that. (laughs) So I ended up, um, unfortunately going through a divorce. So we had to sell the house, but Honestly, I had already got to the point where I was kind of busting out of the seams there. It just, it just, I couldn't get the feel that I wanted it to have. Okay. Um, so it was time for it to move anyway. And okay. so it just made sense to go to Starlight. I mean, there's, I mean, it, which, you know, sometimes you have to be forced into things to let things happen because I, I've never been one to want to grow too fast. Uh, you know, I wanted to be busting out the seams before you know, I make the next move or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we moved it down there and it, it just kind of exploded, I guess you would say after that, because it, it's just such, it's just a great environment. There's, you know, so much more room, you know, the parking's there. Um, you know, the, I have a, a huge barn that'll hold 40 vendors. So we just, we moved it down there and and then that's when I started being able to turn it into what I wanted it to be. Okay. Um, that's when I started realizing I want this to be an experience. I want this to be intimate. I want this to be a place where people, 
not only come to shop, but they come and spend the whole day, and they'll come back three days, you know, in a row just so that they can sit there and listen to the music and look at the pond or, you know, watch the people. Um, so that's that's how I finally decided what I wanted it to be was when I moved it to Starlight. Awesome. So, yeah, talk more about that. I mean, I know you have quite a long list of vendors. So once you had the space and the room to expand and grow this to what you wanted it to be, how did you start to decide this is the look and feel I want it to have. These are the types of vendors I want. What was that process like? Well, when I went to visit um, the Barnhouse Boys in Washington State, the thing I remember most about their sale was that it was so uh, consistent, the look. I mean, it was uniform. I mean, it was just, it was easy to the eye. I mean, your eye just could flow. You know, there was no distractions. Um, Everything... Each vendor looked the same, but it, it was so clean. So I knew, first of all, that I wanted, because I had been to, like, craft shows where I think that's, to me, that's one of the mistakes that some shows have is they let people bring in blue, brown tints. And, you know, I want all my tints to be white, you know, because it just creates a clean look when mm-hmm. you come in. Mm-hmm. But um, they that was one of the things I noticed about them, and it was... It was so, the the design ability of those vendors there was just, I mean, honestly, I don't know that I've ever seen a show quite that good. Wow. I mean, and they don't even do it anymore. Huh. Um, but they had this huge fall, and it was, a, it was on their farm. They lived in a little old country farmhouse, um, but they had, but the setting, I mean, was just beautiful. Of course, Washington, Washington State's just gorgeous anyway. Yeah. So green and lush, and the weather's perfect. And when you know, when it's if you hit it the right time. But um, so I knew coming back home, I, that's what I wanted. But also, I wanted, I didn't want it to be just vintage and um, antiques. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a love for handmade too, so I wanted to incorporate handmade into it as well. Um, some people, you know, don't like that, but for me, that's what I like, and I know it's not all about what I like, but I guess if I can put the, you know, get my one little thing in there, um, I'll have a, I feel like a good mix of, of not only antiques and vintage, but handmade, good quality handmade stuff as well. I love that. I can just tell that, you know, you have a creative bent towards everything that you do. And it's evident even when I came across you at the vintage pick and sale, your, your fruit tea chicks trailer is adorable. So, and we'll get into that more later, but how did you get the word out then once the barn sale started happening? And cause I'm sure that was a bit daunting. Yes, it w- it was tough because, um, you know, when I first got started, people didn't want to really come to it or whatever because they didn't, you know, know what it was or they weren't into antiques and vintage, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, I love my town. I love Lafette. But, you know, in general, we're still kind of behind the times. You know, that's just how any small town generally goes. So it's nothing negative about them. But so it took it took a little time to teach and and like I said since then I mean both communities have just been so supportive um especially Lafette people Macon County people they have they have been very supportive um of it and I think just word of mouth has been my my biggest 
my number one helper as far as getting the word out. You know, of course, now Facebook is huge. But yes. back when I started, you know, Facebook wasn't big like it is now. So, yeah, word of mouth is kind of what I have depended on to kind of promote my sales and hopefully get people wanting to come back each year. Sure. That's one of the great things about small towns. Mm -hmm. Well, to you, the barn sale is much more than just a place to sell things. It's a place where you want people to leave really inspired and to go home with some great memories. Talk more about that. Yes. I mean, I feel like, you know, you, you look at a mall or, you know, a shopping mall there's only so many times you want to go back there because you get the same thing. You know, at the Starlight, I'm, I try to create with each sale <clears throat> something, uh, you know, change things up a little bit where, you know, I have different sets because people love to take selfies with their, you know, their finds and that kind of thing. Yes. So I try hard to create different things that, that keep people to come back to get inspired and motivated, whether it's just, you know, to, to go back to their home and whether they never buy one thing, they just they just see how someone's got something arranged and they go back home that night and redo it or, you know, it's a place where they can come with their mom and just hang out for the weekend or, you know, bring the kids because we have stuff for the kids too. I mean, they love, you know, coming and just swinging on the tree swing. So, um, yeah, I want it to be intimate like some shows um are so big and can be so overwhelming that it's just hard to to get through it all and take it all in mm -hmm. and but then some people that's what they prefer so I mean it, it depends on the person but I want to attract those people that prefer a smaller intimate setting where they can go through and then go back and then decide what they want you know, some shows you can't even, you can go your full speed and still barely make it through the whole thing. And heaven forbid you try to go back and look at it again. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I wanted it to be small and quaint and intimate in a place that people just just make it a tradition. Like that each, each year they look forward to it and getting their girlfriends and coming and spending the weekend there. I love that. So with the barn sales becoming this huge success, something then eventually led you to starting the Fruit Tea Chicks, which is not a food truck, but tell us more about that. I serve my tea out of a vintage-inspired camper that I had custom-built, and that kind of got started um, after seeing the market in Tennessee and surrounding states um, becoming saturated with barn sales. Like I said earlier, when I started, um, there was no competition. I mean, it was just, you know, and if people wanted to come to a barn sale, they had to drive an hour, three hours to get to me because I was their only, you know, choice. Yeah. Well, now, you know, you can find one three, you know, almost every weekend. And so it's, you know, it's harder and harder to get people to drive, you know, to me if they can go to one that's 15 minutes from their home. Sure. And so... I try to, I'm a single mom, so I try to start thinking of, I needed a backup plan. You know, what if this falls through? I need, I've got to have something else um, lined up. But at the same time, um, I kind of wanted my kids to have something to do at my sale. I, want, I wanted them to learn to be entrepreneurs themselves and, you know, know what it's like to have to work and earn money because I've been working since I was young. 
Um, so I kind of, that's kind of what led me to get that started. But once I kind of got the ball rolling, I realized my kids really didn't want to work that hard. <laughs> so suddenly what was supposed to be their kind of business turned into my full business, another full-time business for me. But honestly, I didn't, I had no idea that it would take off like it did. I just, I had no clue that it would. And where did you get the idea for fruit tea? Well, um, I grew up drinking fruit tea. Uh, my stepdad's mom, she played bridge all the time, and she would have these bridge parties, and she would all, you know, they were kind of fancy things, and mm-hmm. she would always make fruit tea, and I loved it. Um, and then, you know, in between having my barn sales, I also did other people's sales, and I would sell vintage and antiques and all that stuff too, my sewn goods. And I saw a tea vendor and the, like the line was like a mile long. And of course, I've never been a big tea drinker. And I thought, oh my goodness, if people will wait in line for sweet tea, I wonder what, <laughs> you know, wonder how they would do with fruit tea. So that's, that's where kind of, but honestly, like I found a journal entry back, I don't know, a couple months ago from back in 2009 where I used to journal and write down all my thoughts and stuff and it's kind of the beginning uh, stages of the barn sale before I started one and I had forgotten it but I had written in there that I wanted to sell fruit tea my my fruit tea because I've been making fruit tea for years that's Um, awesome and so and it's always kind of been a big hit like that would be what I would take to my garden club parties and the old ladies, they would, that's what they wanted me to bring. So, you know, everyone had always loved it, my recipe. So um, it, it had been in the works for a long time to sell it at my events, but not necessarily sell it as another business and travel around to other people's sales and sell it. Wow. So did you start then at the barn sale or did you start going other places right away? My goal um, at my sales is for my vendors to do good. You know, I worry myself to death over that, you know, wondering if they're making money. You know, I just want it to be about them. And I did not want to take away from another one of my food vendors, which I never had had a drink vendor, but um, I'd had a couple of food trucks that sold fruit tea as part of their side item, is one of their side items. Okay. So my biggest concern was, am I going to f- affect their sales if I start selling fruit tea? But then, you know... <laughs> I, so I didn't do it for the first year. And then it became s- such a part of me and who I was, this other business, <clears throat> it only made sense to sell it there. And so then I started selling it there. And it was, you know, it's probably, it was my biggest, biggest show ever with my fruit tea was at the strawberry patch. I know that sounds weird. Because my sale is not even that big. Like I don't, I don't pull in like a huge huge crowd like some of these others but it it's as, it's exactly as big as I want it to be you know it's all that I can handle I'm a one-woman show uh-huh. and so if I if I I mean I'm not going to say I wouldn't like to grow a little more but um it's as big as like I can handle on my own okay so um so yeah so I I didn't start off having it there my, my first show with my fruit tea was Swanky Plank which is in Springfield Tennessee Okay. Um, they gave me my first uh, opportunity to sell it, and I'm forever grateful to them for that. Wow. So how did it go? What was that like? Well, it was a lot different than it is now because I was doing, I was sitting up in a tent. Okay. Um, and I, I was serving out of like a canister, like it wasn't even chilled or 
didn't even have an agitator in it, so I would have to stir it the whole time. And I'm sure if the health department would have showed up, they would have shut me down <laughs> for, I mean, I, it, you know, but it, it, it did good. You know, it, it kind of needed that first show to, like, under my belt so, you know, I could move on to other shows. And so after serving out of my tent, which kind of got old quick, setting up the tent and pushing in freezers and coolers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just a job. I, I decided that it was time to step things up, and that's when I ended up having the camper built. And it's adorable. Everyone Thank go you. follow the Fruit Tea <laughs> Tricks on Instagram, and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been so much easier. I don't dread it. You know, it's packed down. You can't, when you open the door, stuff's falling out because, uh, you know, I have to carry everything. I can't just show up with my camper. I've got to decorate out front and, you know, but it, it's kind of like that with my barn sale. Like, I, even with my fruit tea, like, I wanted it to be an experience. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be just another drink and a styrofoam cup you know I wanted them to have a cup that they could take home with them and I put my little garnish on top and my big straws so you know I try to make everything I do something a memory or something that's not easily forgotten so hopefully they'll come back to me I love it and I was your camper just stands out among the others like it's just so unique and cool so thank you yeah (laughs) So with all the traveling that this requires, how have you adjusted to that lifestyle? You know, it's that's probably been the toughest part of all of this because I do have three kids that need me. Um, but thankfully, I've had a wonderful man come in my life, and it's just I don't think without him I could have kept up with the way it was going. I was having to hire someone to come in all the time because – my work happens on the weekends. That's, you know, that's when fruit tea sells. It's not through the week. So, you know, they're, they're, they're home with her, with their dad every other weekend, but all the other time they're with me. So that was getting tough and I was, I was starting to get burnt out, but he stays with them now. So I don't have to worry about finding a babysitter and I know they're taken care of and it's tough. It's, you know, especially, you know, when that's the only time he's off and the, you know, when the kids are in school, when they're home and then sure. you're missing out cause you're gone. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, I can't imagine ever working for anyone else again. I mean, once you get on your own and get a taste of that, it's hard to go back to having someone else tell you what to do. So I'm trying to just keep that in my mind, in the back of my head when I start kind of getting burnt out, because most often I don't ever get a day off. Wow. Um, it's just like, you know, I leave out on a Thursday, I come back on Sunday and then Monday and Tuesday is time to restock and clean out and make tea for the next event. So it's just like a, a never ending cycle. But like, a, like I said, I'm at the farm. That's where I'm making my tea. You know, I pull up the garage doors, you know, I can see all the beauty. I turn up the radio and I'm in my happy place. So that's kind of what keeps me going. And and I know, you know, I have off usually in December and January. Those are kind of my down months. So, um, and the kids are older and they understand. Hopefully they'll look back and appreciate, you know, that I was trying to work to, you know, pay the bills and get them the things that they need and want. And hopefully it'll kind of be their incentive to maybe own their own business or work hard one day. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, when I was there, 
there were several people just in the time that I was at your camper where they're asking, how do we buy this like in bulk or where can we get more of this? And so what would you say to people? Be patient. Um, (laughs) I just had a commercial kitchen built in my studio. So um, my inspection date is set for July 16th. So once that's over with and done with, um, I'll be seeking out stores like grocery stores, um, restaurants um, that will be willing to carry my tea. Um, So I'm not sure exactly what direction I'm going with that yet, um, but I will be uh, manufacturing here really soon. So just stay tuned as far as the stores that will be carrying it and hopefully restaurants that you can buy it at. Super exciting. Yes, it is. Well, what have you learned through these different businesses and how has that shaped you? I've learned to be tough um, and get thick skin. It's it's not easy. Um, I'll growing up, I was always really sensitive. I you know I wanted to be Miss Popular. I worried about people liking me. But once I started this business, especially the Strawberry Patch, um, I learned that if I wanted to uh, be successful. Uh, with and hang on because there are so many barn sales that started right after I did that have already fallen off. Wow. Um, I had to keep in mind the look I wanted and the, the quality of vendors I wanted um, and, and, and bring in things that I knew that would sell. You know, the reality of it is, is, you know, I could, I could have 150 vendors, you know, at each sale, but I try to be mindful and, and choose those vendors that, I know will be successful, you know, based on the clientele that come to shop. Um, And then you make enemies so easy, (laughs) you know, when you have to say, no, I'm sorry, you know. And that's been tough. That's been really hard for me. But I've tried to just kind of keep in mind that, you know, this is my business. This is my livelihood. This is what pays my bills. Um, And then hopefully that one day those people will forgive me because I'll tell you what, I get turned down all the time with my fruit tea chicks. You know, it's, it's tough. It's a tough world. Um, there's so many food trucks out there. So, and I never get mad. Um, I'm not going to say I don't get my feelings hurt, but it's that part of it has been the toughest part is just having to hurt feelings or tell people no, or, you know, making people follow the rules during the event. Um, that's, that's been the toughest part. Well, I love to see how much you care about your vendors and the people that come there. So um, I love seeing that side of it. And hopefully that balances out. Yeah, it does. I feel like I want to have a relationship with the vendors that come. And I want the shoppers to have a relationship with the vendors. I want it to, you know, I want them to look forward to the coming back and, and, you know, each year and buying a little piece from the vendor, you know, each year to they can take back and keep um, and foster, I try to foster those relationships and be there. And, and if people have questions, you know, always help them any way I can, you know, whether it be, you know, stuff to bring or, um, what not to bring, or if they're starting a new business themselves, you know, I try to, I just try to make myself available and I do care. I mean, I think most people that know me, like I truly care about people and, um, I hope, you know, that I've made that evident to the shoppers and vendors. Yeah. Well, tell us what you love so much about Starlight Farm in Hartsville, Tennessee. I mean, this place, it looks like it's out of a magazine. 
you know, Hartsville, it's my, it's my hometown. It's where I was raised. Um, you know, honestly, I swore I would never come back once I left for college, and somehow I ended up back there. But I can't think of a better place to raise my children. I mean, they're safe. You know, the people are nice. The school systems are great. Um, it's just, you know, it's just a great town. And then Starlight kind of is like off in its own little world. It's, you know, maybe five, four miles out of, you know, the city limits or whatever. But it's it's so peaceful. I mean, you drive back there and you just hear the geese or you hear the turkeys or the birds. Um, and like I said, just raise the doors up and just sit back and relax and, you know, don't have to think about washing clothes. You know, it's just my little place I go to to, to just get away from everything honestly like if I'm having a bad day I just pull up there and it just seems like everything's gone it's all washed away that's the best mm-hmm. that's that's and I hope to live there one day I mean that's my my dream is to to build a little house out there and just so I can be there 24 7 that's awesome <laughs> well what's next for the fruit tea chicks and for your the strawberry patch barn sale well, hopefully for the the manufacturing side for the fruit for the fruit tea, I'm looking forward to that and seeing you know what kind of opportunities come from that. Um, the strawberry patch, you know, this is this has kind of been a test year for me because I used to have two shows a year, and this year was the first time that I've dropped it down to just a one one sale in the fall. Um, I just thought maybe it was time to try something different. Um, like I said, with all the new shows popping up and then also getting so busy with the fruit tea business, I just, you know, I've been doing them for so long. I didn't ever want to get to the point where I was dreading them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like because I had done them over and over and over back to back, I was kind of losing my creative vision. So I needed some time to give my mind some rest while I could come up with something new. And I'm hoping, I'm really excited. I've This is the first show that I've actually looked forward to in a long time. We've got some really cute things coming, um, design sets for, for people to take their pictures with. The vendor lined up is amazing. We have a lot of the same, you know, returning vendors, and then we have lots of new vendors coming this time. So I really think this is going to be a good year. Um, I, I can't wait for September to get here. That sounds awesome. And what are the dates of that? It's September 6th through the 8th. It's always the weekend after Labor Day. Okay, perfect. And how do people follow along with uh, both of these different businesses? Well, I'm on Instagram and Facebook for both. So Fruit Tea Chicks and the Strawberry Patch. And then um, that's for both Instagram and Facebook. And then also have a website for the Strawberry Patch, which is thestrawberrypatchtn.com. Okay, perfect. Well, we look forward to following your journey and seeing what happens with this new part of the fruit tea chicks and everything. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. And I look forward to following you as well. Thank (laughs) you. Oh, well, I loved hearing about the intentionality behind everything Christy does and how she cares about her vendors and customers. And I love that she's willing to change things up to keep her creative vision fresh. Well, the Strawberry Patch Fall Market is happening on September 6th, 7th, and 8th in Hartsville, Tennessee, and I can't wait to go and experience it all. And I hope to see you there and we can meet up and go have some fruit tea together. 
because I'm telling you, if you haven't had tea from the fruit tea chicks yet, you're totally missing out. And I'm glad it's going to be available more places soon. That is so exciting. Well, that's it for this week. And thanks again to Christy Joe for being on the podcast. Have a great day, everybody. And we'll be back here with you next week.